morning, everyone. I hope we are all doing fine. It's another time in God's presence, and I'm so happy to see every one of us. I'm happy to see our faces. Uh, Sundays are, are good because by the time you get to Monday, everybody will be burning again. Then everybody will start saying, can you see my screen? Sorry, I got kicked off by the internet. Amen. Uh, good morning, everyone, again. And uh, it's always a privilege to see us. It's always a privilege to speak to us. I do not take these opportunities for granted. Um, like I always say, um, we're in a blessed house. And... Um, the, the reason why we're in a blessed house is because we're in the right place. It's, that's, that's simple. Um, if you're in the right place, you are blessed. Um, and uh, a blessed house does not necessarily or automatically translate into your own blessing. You are not, uh, if that's not your place, amen. I mean, you know, just imagine if I. I was to be worshiping somewhere else at this time. Um, and I was meant to be here, uh, being blessed. Um, you now I try to imagine, is it that God would have to change his plans, reroute uh, the person he has put my blessing, it's maybe in his preaching or in his sermon. I literally, how much of heaven's logistics have I confused? When I just make that type of, uh, you know, I just I want to go and see my sister in law in Ogumosho, and I was probably meant to be uh, maybe here. Hallelujah. So many a times, that's the way I think about um, our coming together. It's like they always plan every Sunday before we come, and uh, probably there are names to the planning. So they say this person is coming to this service and this person will be blessed by this blessing. So I see us as blessed people because uh, we are in the right place. And uh, I count it a rare privilege to know you. Uh, because like Papi will say, our lives are destined for greatness. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, imagine 30 years from now. Um, it will be a beautiful sight. You know, and... Um, we would, you know, I mean, one song maybe that we'll be able to sing then is come, uh, see what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. You know, because uh, we were here when God started molding us. And uh, when he started putting purse and beauty in our lives, we can also see, you know, we can also say, oh, uh, I, I know when I was in the ashes, and God gave me beauty. So we can, we will not say you are lying. Because uh, your testimony has been with us. And uh, my testimony too has been with you. Uh, and it, uh, it's a thing of joy. Amen. Amen. I want to really appreciate uh, Papi for this opportunity. And Mama D. You know, um, they are, I think they are on their way back uh, from Abekuta. Uh, and I know that uh, 
Abekuta and Funabu never be the same again. Um, seats are powerful, um, and uh, seats that are backed by commandments are uh, very powerful. Um, seats are powerful, whether good or bad seed. He has the ability to germinate. Uh, but seats that are backed by commandments, they, they only follow what the commandment uh, requires them to uh, to follow, and that's why I'm I'm glad for that school. I'm glad for that environment. You know, uh, God just chooses to visit a place, and that place never remains the same. You know, for years to come, there are places that personally I know that God chose to visit until today. Even after 15 years, that place is not the same. You know, it's like it it never went back to the norm, you know. And so I really want to thank God for the grace of God over their lives. They are really laboring, and the least we can do is double honor, like Bible says, right? You know, we would give all our support, we would give all our prayers, we would give all our resources, and um, we would also anticipate for the fruits. Hallelujah. You know, we will not be like... Uh, uh, People that they didn't know when it was happening, and when it now happened, you can't even correlate, you can't match it. Amen. Amen. You know, we would literally know that yes, this happened because you know, maybe 15 years from now, we'll say it was the seed that happened in 2022 that made this school move in this trajection. Hallelujah. You know, or maybe something could have just gone wrong in the times or in the season of that environment. That is a an intervention like this has, you know, altered and put the school and the environment in a place where God can focus on the school and the environment. Hallelujah. Amen. I also want to like appreciate uh, Pastor Darren and Pastor Obi, the leadership of the church. I really thank God for, you know, the. I remember when I wanted to join church. You know, one of the things, out of many things that God told me was that I needed to sit to learn and be built. The impression was very much like I was going back to ground zero, like literally, like I was, uh, you could as well say it, I just enrolled in a believer school. I mean, like, you just go in again type of experience. And the first thing you would want to challenge that type of statement with is, so what has happened in the past? You know, what has happened to me? Uh, why would God say I should, um, I should go, sit, learn, and be built as though there was nothing? It was that practical. Like, you sit down as though you are even not trying to make a reference that, uh, that uh, but I've, but I know X, Y, Z, but I've done X, Y, Z, uh, but I've seen X, Y, Z, you know. And for me then, that was the instruction. And, you know, looking at so many years after then, I, I really thank God, even though I didn't understand the volume of the syllabus or even the importance of the syllabus, you know, I really appreciate God that I obeyed, you know, and... Um, you know, 
even what I see today is a fruit of uh, that obedience to just uh, sit and be built up, you know, particularly when, uh, you know, when they ask you, which church are you going to, and you're trying all your best to really explain the church you are going to, and going to help you, uh, maybe you were now watching uh, one of the sermons online, and the person now asks you again, is that uh, the man of God? And uh, you're also trying to defend, like the vendor of the universe, you know. God delivered me after a while because it was, it was, uh, that wasn't even the main thing God wanted me to pay attention to then. It was just people trying to distract my focus and my sitting down. And so I really want to thank uh, the leadership of this church. Um, and I pray that God will keep them and keep strengthening them in Jesus' name. We have beautiful people. And uh, the reason why we are what we are is a reflection of who they are, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the, the, the church will never look different other than the structure that he has put in place. So I'll probably say when you are looking at your life and you see how beautiful your life is, Maybe at times you can say, thank you, Ma, for looking like you look so that I can look the way I look. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? uh, at times you, you put all the accolades to how much of labor you have put into yourself. You know, I've invested in myself this year. But, but literally, I mean, if you never had a pastor that told you that you will not die in COVID, you probably would have gone, not because you even caught COVID, you know, when COVID happened, some of us didn't even have COVID, but we felt as though we had COVID. And some even had what never felt as though they had. I remember one of those days. I just started feeling something in my lungs. Uh, sorry, my... <laughs> uh, Usha will come and carry protocol. That's a beautiful scene. Usha come and carry protocol. That would be like a fight. <laughs> Amen. And so I started feeling something. Uh, I don't even know what to call it again now that they said that's not where the lungs is. The lungs is somewhere. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. My throat, you know. And immediately I was like, I started calculating where did I go to? Who did I speak to? How many people did I speak to after five minutes? Then also, I was, I was also in charge of the team building the contact tracing app for Nigeria for NCDC, and it was, the information was too much in my head to correlate, do you get, like, I'm the one, you know, in charge of the app that would track all of you and ensure you're able to, immediately you look at the app, you're able to say, okay, I was in the Prince 4 p.m., and everybody that had the same exposure would get the same uh, alert that, oh, Laulu has tested positive, so keep yourself safe for the next... Uh, uh, I mean, seven days, I think that was the quarantine. 14 days, you know, keep yourself for 14 days. Uh, these are the odd, odd beds uh, that Laulu visited, blah, blah, blah. And, and that, was, that was the information uh, at the high level that I had then. And, and so when I started feeling that, immediately I was like, oh, my God. Like, 
I know I've gotten uh, this COVID, but immediately after that, you join the daily meetings, or, and it's another experience. And before you know, you just, well, I didn't test uh, <laughs> positive again. And, you know, God will inspire you on how to do your personal agbo, you know, ginger, garlic, uh, lemon, you know, grind. See, I didn't have money for luxury, but I had money for that one. I would tell them, just go to the market, buy it, store it, and we'll have, we'll have it in the fridge, take it with lemon and all of that. And it was, it was a deliverance for maybe someone like me because you're also embedded in the information that is out there, but yet you are with a man of God I've seen otherwise. It's, it's, it's interesting. Data is very, very powerful, you know, particularly when you are the one curating and selling the data again. <laughs> And it's very easy. And you go to church in the evening and say, no, it shall not be so. But during the day, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> you are the one coding the data. Like you are seeing the data. But in the evening, <laughs> your man of God, <laughs> your man of God is in another. And so it, it was a conflict, a, cause, a gospel of conflict. Do you understand? And I, I really thank God for being here. To be honest with you, you wouldn't have lasted, I wouldn't have lasted long, I don't know about you, <laughs> if I was in here. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, what I want to just say to us today is very short and uh, is clear. I think, firstly, is a reminder. Uh, you know, Bible says we should not be weary in hearing this same thing all over again as... Uh, so that it doesn't slip away. And I think let's look for that place and read. Amen. Amen. Uh, oh, are we projecting? Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, I'm trying to look for the place. Ephesians. Uh, no, 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 it's not Ephesians. Sorry, is it? Hebrews 2. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adasa. Hebrews 2. We'll just read, uh, just to... Yeah, I think it's the first uh, two verses. You know, it said, uh, "Therefore we must give the more. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Uh, for if the word spoken through angels, actually, this is not what I'm looking for. Um, but let's. Uh, for if the word spoken." Through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. Now, I mean, if you look at that first, that place where it spoke about if the words spoken by the angels proved to be very steadfast, you know, just quickly look into the Old Testament and look at the places where uh, there were interventions through angels. 
maybe the one you can quickly remember is the angel visiting Zachariah. Do you get? And uh, the word that were spoken by angels. I also feel like this. Uh, I think there is a, they're trying to make a distinction here. That there's the word of God and there's a word that, uh, that is spoken by the angels. So he's now saying that if the one that was spoken by the angels proved to be steadfast and every transgression and disobedience on that word that was spoken by the angels received, uh, uh, received what? A just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began so you can see here, it says, it was spoken, was first spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by those who heard him. That's, those are the apostles of the Lamb, like we've been told. Those are the 12 apostles, right? That were with, were with Jesus. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will, for he has not put the word to come, of which we speak in subjection to angels. But one testified in a certain place, saying, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? Let's, let's leave that place. And you know, just for us to pick a point here is... The, the words that we hear, they are very steadfast. And um, we should be mindful of not letting them drift away. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. You know, if you want to have your retrospective for this year, it should be around how much of the words you've heard this year that has not drifted away or slipped from your hand. Actually, I think the place I was looking for was where he used particularly the word sleep. Philippians 3. Philippians 3, are you there? Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it's safe. No, no, no. This no. Hebrews 2. Oh, okay, it was it? Oh, okay, okay. Let's switch to KJV, please. Aha. Sorry. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I, I think what came to mind was the word sleep itself. And uh, I think when I remember when I saw the drift, I wasn't familiar with the drift. So, so let's, lest or let we should let them sleep. Yeah, it says, uh, therefore we ought to give the more energy to the things which we have heard, lest at any time, yes, we should let them sleep. Hallelujah. And so what I would just talk about today is still around a subject that I talked about some weeks back, which was around uh, living a fruitful life. And I really thank God the way God helped uh, uh, Papi when we looked at uh, the life of the simple and um, how 
uh, one of the things that doesn't, uh, that doesn't play very well or that makes a simple man cheated is when he's not able to look out for the fruits. Like it's, it's not one of the checks uh, in his life. And uh, I remember that uh, one, of the, uh, one of the points I made when I was talking about living a fruitful life uh, is that um, fruitfulness is a tool for what? Fruitfulness is a tool for what? Ah, we should have done teaching mode today for discernment. Do you remember now? Do, do you remember? <laughs> I don't believe that you're yes. So I said fruitfulness is a tool for what? Discernment. That, that, was, that was what was said then, that um, if you are in a thing and you want to make judgments, you can use fruit to discern whether you should go on that journey with that person. You, know, you want to make a deal, and you know that person has failed in 99 deal, and your deal might most likely be the undress. Do you get? Now, you can't deceive yourself out of, you know, that God has made this man or this woman for you at this time in this season. You know, things are about to change. Now, there's, there's every reckoning with the pattern that um, you might not be able to look away. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, Fruitfulness is a, is a tool or is a conversation you can have when determining or when discerning an affair, when trying to make judgments. And I think uh, that's one of, no, not even I think, that was one of the points Papi made around the checks. The checks. The checks that you have to put in place to be able to, uh, you know, control the influence and the people that have access to you. You look at the fruit. You look at the fruit. You look at the fruit of, of the ministry. You look at the fruit of the person. You look at the fruit of the organization. You know, uh, you should never go join a company that they, they just always have bad reputation in the media. It's, it's not, uh, most likely God is not sending you to fix it. So it's only if, you know, maybe you are like uh, this woman in MTN that God sent to, Yes, God sent her to one business that was almost going to die, you know, after they couldn't pay out their investors. And the woman went there. I think she's now the CMO of, of MTN. Uh, she went to the company and I think in just two years or maybe three, I, I can't remember, or I don't know, um, she fixed the company back. Now, that's a, those ones are exceptions. Those ones are outliers. Now, if... I wasn't put in that position. If they come that they want to hire me, I will not go. <laughs> I will not go, regardless of how much they want to pay, because of the fruits. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I wouldn't throw a blind eye and just say, in my own dispensation, things will not. No, you would most likely uh, be roped in and you will be a part of that mess. Hallelujah. And so at times you can check out because it's not looking like it. The fruits are not, uh, are not looking, they, they are not balanced. You know, what you've heard, you know, and Papi has also given another example of you know, the house he wanted to get. The fruit of that house is, is, is known everywhere to be a house that people pack out from because of the issues with the foundation. 
Hallelujah. You know, that's also why I say if the foundation be destroyed, even you, the righteous, you might not be able to do anything that much. Except maybe you have a word from God, which is an exception. It's not, the norm is always you flee from the appearance of evil. Do you get that's the norm? Now, God can maybe give you a very special instruction that, okay, this evil that is coming, wait, do this, look left, look right, but, but every appearance of evil is check out. It's probably maybe while you are checking out, God can now touch your heart that, okay, give it a second thought. But it's not always the norm to give it a second thought first. The first child of God instinct is to check out when there are no fruits. Even Jesus checks out when there are no fruits. And we mentioned the case of when he cursed the fig tree. Now, you could have said Jesus should have waited first to analyze the history or the journey or the process or the sufferings of that fig tree. Maybe that fig tree was planted in the wrong place. Maybe that fig tree, like what could have happened to this fig tree? Like why did this fig tree go against its order? You know, like we mentioned, for that fig tree, its kind is that it produces the fruit before the leaves. You know, we looked at the structure of a fig tree. You know, that's, that's the way God designed fig trees. Fig trees are not like your mango tree where leaves come out first, then the, fr- uh, the fruit comes afterwards. And so there, there was no necessary conversation around, oh, what happened? Was it uh, the farmer that sinned? Or was it the soil that sinned? Uh, no, no. Jesus just gave it a verdict that because you don't have fruit, you know, wither. Hallelujah. And so fruit is a tool for what? For discernment. And I want us to still, you know, uh, even though I think we all forgot that we said that, but I want us to remember this. Thank God we had another teaching where it dealt with you not being simple, that fruitfulness is your key not to allow yourself to become simple and be destroyed. You know, when you, when you put premium, actually, I think as humans, whatever you put premium on is what your values are based on. If, if for example, if you say anything goes, if that's your, uh, the way you engage life, most likely a lot of things would go by you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so when you tell yourself that I, I, in this conversation, I desire fruit. You know, I desire, I mean, to see productivity in what we are doing. That's also another meaning of fruitfulness, productivity. When you can produce after your own kind. When you can produce after the order that God has given to you or after the word that God has given to you. Hallelujah. And I think we also did mention that one of the keys to be fruitful is abiding in Jesus. You know. And let's go to John 15, yes. You know, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Bears much fruit. Bears much fruit. And so your, your, your chances to becoming fruitful is how you abide in Jesus. Right? It's how you abide in Jesus. It's if you abide in Jesus it's how long you abide in Jesus. If you abide little, maybe your fruit will be little. If you abide very well, abide very much, maybe your fruits 
will be much as well. And so abiding in Jesus is what the Bible commands us to do, to be fruitful. You know, before, before you pray to be fruitful, abide first. Well, abiding could simply mean obedience. You know, whatsoever it tells you to do, do. If it tells you to do this, abiding is, is what he requires of us, not first looking at unfruitfulness and dealing with it by prayer. Now, many a times, that's our reaction to unfruitfulness. You, you, you react at times by praying about it. That God, I don't want to be fruitful. Uh, I don't want to be unfruitful. But Jesus says, if you abide in me, you will be fruitful. It's more or less like, okay, you look at, okay, have I been abiding? Or if I've not been abiding, there are chances or likelihood that I will be unfruitful. Oh, have I been abiding? Yes, I will be fruitful. Have I not been abiding? I will be unfruitful. It's more or less like word and opposite. Abide, fruitful. Don't abide, unfruitful. And so when you see or when you're able to recognize unfruitfulness in any certain area, you can see or seek what is the way to abide in this area. You know, maybe your career, for example, maybe you've been desiring, you know, promotion. You know, and Bible says promotion does not come from the east, from the west. So, I mean, when you bring that to the Lord, you ask, you know, God, in which area have I not, uh, is he abided or abode? <laughs> eh? Master Gabriel. Abide. Ah, I'm even going to say it with caution, abided. I've never said that before, but you look at that area of, your, of that, that you're seeking promotion and you're asking yourself if you've abided in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that that's what we do first. You know, so that we don't become fanatics of what don't work. You know, many a times the... The gateway to our prosperity in life is what the Bible has said. Not a new theorem that we would have to figure out. Oh, okay, is it that I have to mix this with other one Then It now brings out another, another output. But Jesus says here that if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear fruit, much fruit. It says for, for, for without me, you can what? You can do nothing. Hallelujah. So we said that some weeks back, that one of the keys to be fruitful or to live in a life of fruitfulness is abiding in Jesus. Abiding in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. Abide. Look at the areas of your life and mark how much you are abiding. How much of instruction am I living by in this area? You know, how much of instruction do I have? Because we live by the words spoken to us. You don't live by your ability to live or your will to live. You live by the words. You are as much as the word that is spoken to you. If the word of God is not spoken to you in a certain area, you can't live in that area. Amen. Amen. You know, there's, you can do a lot of things as human. But living the life of God in all the areas of your life is by the word of God. So if God has not spoken about a thing, 
you are yet to live in that thing. Like anything the word of the Lord has not breathed on is not appearing where he sits. Like it's not a conversation. It's not existing. Bible says everything that exists was made by his word. So if there's a thing that lives or appears to be living with you and is not uh, alive or made alive by the word of God, then it's not alive. For example, for example, even if you think that there is a problem and there is no word of God around that problem, that problem might not even exist. Amen. Amen. So I think another key that I want us to look at to being fruitful or living a fruitful life is, is the good soil. And, you know, there's, there's something I'm trusting God for personally. You know, I'm trusting God to understand why God really uses the analogy of famine to explain his engagement, particularly the engagement of the kingdom of heaven with mankind. Like, God uses a lot of description of, you know, sow, reap, harvest, prune, uh, rain, the seasons. Like, God uses a lot of that. And I, I don't know so much about, I mean, the length and breadth of why he does that. Do you get but I feel like there's a whole lot we learn when we look into the scripture and we analyze some of these um, conversations that God would have in the scriptures. And let's go to the, to the parable of the sower. That's Matthew 13. And we'll just quickly read the engagement. Uh, how many of us remember what Papi said recently around... Uh, the, the, the missions to Exo and Funab. How many of us remember anything that relates to the seed? Yes, that God said he should go quickly and seal them before the cares of the world chokes them away. And that experience in school is the least of the cares that they would ever uh, ever experienced. And so the, the, the soil is a very important component in, I mean, in farming. If you want to plant anything, the soil is very important, right? You know, uh, we know there are different types of soil. Now, if you want to plant, uh, I remember when I was very little, I could just imagine putting seed anywhere and expect it to what? To grow. Until I did agriculture and they said, oh, there's loamy soil, there's this soil. And so we understand that there is a type of soil that can accommodate a particular seed. And not just accommodate the seed, accommodate the growth and the fruit or the prosperity of that seed. Amen. Amen. And so, the, are we there? And so the, the good soil is a key to being fruitful. The soil, but not just the soil, the good soil is a key to being fruitful. So let's go to, yeah. He says, then he spoke many things to them. This is actually a very long parable because um, at some point in this parable, Jesus had to explain the parable. 
I'm not even sure if this is the only parable that came with uh, its own analysis. I think this is the only one. I'm not sure. Uh, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the bird came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, this is very similar to that, the, this, the, 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 the letters in Revelation. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, that is whoever has been given the kingdom, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even that which he has, will be taken away. Let's, let's go on. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Yeah, I was going to say this is also very similar to the prophecy in Isaiah. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for the sea. Amen. Amen. And your ears for the hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no roots in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, many a times, let's just stop there. Many a times, um, you know, when we receive the word of God, 
we should always be prepared for the persecution of that word. You know, when we receive a command or a commandment, when we receive a word from the Lord or from his prophet, that word itself has its own persecution. It says, for the, for, because of the word, there will be tribulation and persecution because of that word. You know, devil would, I mean, the list of it is, devil will tell you it's not true. That's the list of the tribulation. But there are bundles of, of engagement that fall under tribulation and persecution because of a word. And if you are not diligent enough to know that it's because of this word or my word that this problem has come, that this tribulation has come, you have a tendency to stumble and lose that word. Hallelujah. Because you didn't even expect persecution in the first place. And so we should be students of when God gives us a word, you know, when you have a word, you are trusting God that when persecution comes, when tribulation comes, not that if, is when, except it's not the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. When the Lord says this, it will come with tribulation. Not because God wants it to, to be so. It's, those, are, those are the things that the word of God faces. The word of God will be tried. Amen. Amen. So the word of God is, is in its fulfilling itself, devil would come against it devil would try and make attempts to ensure that that word does not come to pass. But Bible says that if we are sure to stand when tribulation and persecution comes, we wouldn't stumble. Let's move on. Now, he who received seed among the tongues is he who hears the word. And the cares of this word and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, you can see that The seed itself does not guarantee that you will be fruitful. Now, imagine we're all here, and God gives us, for example, the seed of time. It's not a guarantee that at the end of that time, if they ask every one of us, how was your day, 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 how was your day? Like, there's every chance that we would have a probability of the people that didn't maximize the day, and the people that were productive that day, right? The seed, you know, we all have the seed of time every day, like every one of us. You know, I saw one analogy online recently. The person said, if every day you were credited with $86,200 every day, like the instruction is, you have $86,200 every day to spend. The money does not carry over. <laughs> Dig it. Now, I know some of us, Jumia site will not rest. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying now? You do more that will not rest. Like, you might even hire a personal shopper, right? Because you have to spend the money. 
Because by the next day, another 86,200 will be deposited. And any outstanding does not roll over. It will be like the leaves that don't roll over. You know those leaves? They don't get carried over to the next year. It will get wiped off. Now, every one of us, we agree that we'll be very assiduous with spending, right? Regardless of what anybody calls you. When he calls you a shopaholic. Call, the reason why you're not a shopaholic is because there's no shopaholic money. <laughs> do, do you get my point? Like, you buy to the point where your bank account will just tell you it's time to go home. Do you get You're not shopaholic yet. It's until you have the money. You can't be telling yourself, I'm, I'm not a shopaholic. I'm not. No, no, no. It's when you have the money that can make you do that, that you say, I'm not. You can't say that I'm not a shopaholic with uh, NYC Alawi. No, no, you can't. No, that's not possible. You, there's nothing you want to shopaholic with. With, ah, how much is that? Is, <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? And so, we would all spend, right? That's a lot of money. You will spend, spend, spend. You will call the relative you never called before. Recently, I found that at times your propensity to call relatives is because there's, there's money to call relatives. Hey, how are you doing? How is everything? How is school? I hope you are doing a time. I've, uh, to be fair, I'm using myself as an event. The, <laughs> the propensity you have pick your call. Ah, I've not called like Dalai Nikiti. I've not called. It's because you just think you have one money. I'm just, but when there's no money, ah! I'm just seeing my wife. How are you doing? Good morning. May the Lord bless and keep us. And if you just, if they now call, ah! I'm not picking this call, Joe. I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, I've caught myself. The reason why you do not call is because there's no, there's no money. And I just told myself that whether there's money or not, I have to know when to and when not to. Hallelujah. And so, you will do a lot to spend. Do you get? But many a times, we don't do a lot to, in, to, to exercise the seed of time that way. Because literally, we get 86,200 seconds or minutes in a day. Every day. Like, that's what we have every day. And you're not investing in the seed of time to ensure that every time God gives you that seed, you are saying, God, this is a fat, this hat is fatal and is the good ground for this seed today. And at the end of it, it shall be fruitful. Do you know why some of us need to know that we should not do some things in a day? It's so that you will not be unfruitful. You say, No, I'm not doing this, not they didn't sow the seed of this time for this thing today. And so, you know, someone said, Oh, then you, you probably then have the not to do list. I never had heard that until recently. You know, we always have to-do lists. This is what I want to do today. This is what I want to do today. But you never have a list of this is what I don't want to do today. Then at the end of the day, you find out that you ended up doing the part of the things you want to do and part of the things you shouldn't do. Then you're not able to appraise, did I use my day well or I did not use my day very well. And so the seed of time is, is an example that I'm just giving. There are many other seeds God gives to us. There are many other seeds that God expects that you will be the good soil. You will be the one to say, these are the things I would accommodate that, that should ensure that this thing becomes fruitful. Because if, if I don't take it as my own responsibility, as the soil, I will become unfruitful. 
There will, be, there will be tribulation, there will be challenges that will just want to ensure that that word or that seed is pushed to the point where it does not actualize what it was sown for. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How, many of you, how many of us were blessed with that analogy of this, the time? Because I feel like we, God invests a lot into us. And one of it is time. You have time to learn. You have time to grow. You have time to sleep. You have time to rest. You have time to, uh, to drink. I mean, you have time. But God also expects that that seed does not get choked. Let me see stay on this time. I, I think like this time, uh, I think like the, the source of every problem is that you're not managing time. I, I think the source of all or most problems is because misplaced of time. And psychologists have benefited from they just say that we are humans that have time but are not yet productive. So they've created maybe courses for us on time management, task management, people management. They just want you to learn how to manage. manage. But I feel like the essence behind it first is to identify the source. God gave me this time as a seed. And I have the responsibility to ensure it doesn't become unfruitful. Now, you having a bad day or not is not on God. It's on you. The time you've been given in redemption should be fruitful. It should be fruitful. A child of God should never have a bad day. A bad day is an unfruitful day, right? And at times I tell myself, even if I'm stuck in traffic, I won't say it's a bad day because I try to, am I meant to be in this traffic? You know, like, <laughs> Paul is not here. Like, yesterday, I was supposed to go somewhere. And I had to pack after Solid Rock. And I was asking my, am I meant to spend this time to go to that, to that place? And after that, I was like, no. I started seeing a little of, I think if I make that trip, some other things will become unfruitful. Then I, I backed out of the trip. And even though Paul yabbed me for backing out, I told myself that I would not do anything to please anybody again. Because the impression I had in my heart is, it's not, it's not about that. It's that the circumstance of that trip changed. And it now started having all the indications that it has the, potent, uh, the, the, the possibility of spoiling the rest of the day for me. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? And so because I wanted to save or salvage the rest of the day, I decided not to use that one. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and so even if you're in traffic, it's, it's still a productive day. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Because I think we have all equivalents, uh, uh, equated uh, being in traffic to being unproductive. Like... Um, Traffic is wasting my time, blah, 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 and all of that. But, but there's no time that God has given to us that is allocated for waste. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, God knows you're in Lagos. God knows you climb Tomilan Bridge every day. I mean, yeah, God knows you'll be in meetings for long. God knows. But that seed of time is, is sown for it to be fruitful. And so you wouldn't just take the time 
and live with the time alone. But no, no, first, you ask yourself, am I prepared enough for this allocation? Am I prepared enough for this seed of time or for whatsoever seed that God brings to you? And if you find yourself wanting, you ask God to help you to be the right, the right soil for that seed. Oh, you take away every impediment, take away every other concerns, and you be the good soil that God requires for that seed. Amen. Amen. Let's finish this uh, explanation. I will start tying it up now. But he who received seed on the good soil is he who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces. I think this is the kind of soil I want to, that everything, every seed God puts in me, it has the mechanism to bear fruit and produce a hundredfold, a sixty, and a thirtyfold. Yeah, the good soil, the good heart, the heart that is fertile enough, the heart that is, uh, is, is well prepared. And that's why many a times, ensure you don't have an opportunity you've not been prepared for per se. Let me explain what I'm saying. You know, some of us, if they just send you a mail now, that you are now the MD of your company, first thing you give testimony, right? Well, you don't ask yourself whether my soil is the good soil for this MD position. I- I'm serious, I'm serious. Like, most of us would, we would not ask, as the Lord prepared my heart for this. Happy, you're welcome, sir. Let me start rounding up. You know, we, we wouldn't ask ourselves, or you, you got a promotion. You got another, another investment from heaven. Or even from the, from the, I mean, even from the will of man. Like, a man just says, Bamotoi. You know, imagine someone just blesses you with a car, and you've not learned how to drive. Do you know that's your path to death? Like, that car, that gift, is the one that will take the person's life. So what is required at that point? You know, you, you say, car, wait. Go on. Uh, go to driving school or go tell someone to teach you how to drive. And so it's very important that a seed is prepared for its seed. Like, like if, if, if they tell me to do a thing, the next thing I'm asking myself, God, am I prepared? If I'm not prepared, how do I prepare? Because I won't mystically make it productive. At the end of the year, there will not be a company. Like literally, there will not be a company again. So it's not even a mystery that there was no company again. The mystery would be, how did you make it happen? And oh, okay, God had to prepare me for this. The norm would be that it would destruct or self-destruct. You know, I think Papi Asura, the cost of life in itself is to destroy. We make it not destroy. See, if you don't even do anything, you will be unproductive. If you don't do anything, like you didn't do anything to yourself. Just sat alone. Ah, I don't want to waste this time 
or this seed of time, God gave me like, you, you will self-destruct. You only have to move to make something fruitful. You know, he said, it will become. It will become. Hallelujah. And so, our hearts being the good soil is a key to fruitfulness. Is a key to fruitfulness. You know, imagine that a preacher would preach. The key that that word will produce is your, is your heart. He is trusting God that let this be the right heart. God help this heart. I mean, we pray a lot about the heart. The prayers are not vain prayers. It's because that heart not being good automatically invalidates the seed. And so the seed, the seed, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on the seed of time. I don't know why. I don't know who is wasting time. I, I don't know who is, who is just receiving the seed of time and not making himself the good soil for that time investment. It is an investment that God is hoping that we make a big deal out of it. You know, before I always thought it's just you being too cranky when you don't want anything to touch your time. It, maybe if I knew this earlier, I would have te- told myself that this is the reason why I'm trying to protect the, the investment of that time. So that at the end of the day, I can say, I made this time fruitful. Because without that, it will become unfruitful. It will become unfruitful. You don't have to go on a journey God did not give you the time for. Imagine those flying. <laughs> and that time has not been, they didn't give you the seed of that time. No. It's, at times, you even use your friend to check. You know, maybe you are too overwhelmed with the trip. You use, and that's, that's like the last point. Fellowship is a key to fruitfulness. I was actually going to talk about how God brings um, the dew to, yeah, how God brings the dew when we gather. You know, Psalms 133. Uh, it says, Behold, and how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together, for it is like the dew of Haman. Right? And how God uses that dew to nourish the seed, the soil, the tree that is, being, that is coming up, right? For it to become fruitful. You know, he also said in Psalms 1, where he talked about he who meditates on the word of God, it shall be like a tree planted by the riverside. Like that's like another conversation of what's God's own investment in you becoming fruitful. One thing God does is he brings you dew. It brings you refreshness. So that, you know, your leaves will be tender. So that you will bring forth fruits in due season. Now, let me just say this, and I don't know if this will cause, just cause the whole while. Now, you becoming fruitful is at the season of God. But you can become unfruitful at any time. It says it will bring forth fruits in what? In due season. But you can become unfruitful at any time. Like a life can be destroyed five years old. 
but the life can be successful at 45. <laughs> God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have a seat. Very, very important, you know, conversation that Laulu, you know, ha- had with us this morning. I've, I was following, I was following the conversation, you know, from the beginning till, till now. Amen. It was, and the service was good, so I was just watching and and listening to it. Amen. And um, very powerful thoughts. You know? And um, I want to encourage us to, you know, to take them very seriously and then um, to implement them. Eh? Implement them. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 4, 25, verse 14, the Bible speaking about the kingdom of heaven says it is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. That is the story of the talents, which is the talent is a man traveling to a far country. Praise God. Now, no unserious person travels to a far country. Amen. Amen. My point is for you to travel to a far country, it's a sign of mission. Eh? It's a sign of what? Of mission. It says this man, the kingdom of God is like a man traveling to a far country. There's nobody going to a far country that doesn't know what he's doing or what he's planning to do. You don't, you don't go and you don't, you don't go, you don't go to Australia and and they ask you why are you here. You say, I don't. I'm even shocked that I found myself. What what city do we have in Australia? Sydney. I don't even know why I got to Sydney. I just, I just wanted to get to a Jota and I'm now. I'm, <laughs> People don't go to a far country if they don't mean business. It says, a man, the kingdom of heaven is like a man going to a far country. It is typology and it's significant. What, what it signifies is mission. What it signifies is, is mission. Do you, know, do you know that somebody who is doing nothing gets tired easily? Lack, lack of vision is the major reason for laziness. You, you get the point. You think somebody doing nothing will have energy. <laughs> you just assume that since he's not dispensing energy, he has it. <laughs> but there is nothing that takes energy out of one than lack of vision. Lack of vision is a killer. When there is no vision you will just be tired i'm tired what did you do i've been sleeping all day i'm (laughs) i'm tired i'm telling you useless people can be tired for nothing 
They'll say, I'm tired. So, the kingdom of heaven is mission. Uh, is what? Is, is you have to be, you ha- your eye must be on the goal. Are we together here? Your eye must be on what? On the goal. We're talking about fruitfulness. Uh, traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So you can see that there is nothing originally yours. Even you yourself, you are not your own. Are you together with me? That is why you qualify for judgment. Because it's the person that owns you that will determine what he will do with you. That's why you have no right to say you are not going to do anything. You, you have no right to be unfruitful. Fru- fruitfulness is not unfruitfulness is not your right. It is wickedness to be unfruitful. You don't have the right. Why? Because even you yourself, you don't own yourself. So the man called his own servant. So you are not only destroying your life, you are destroying the business of the master. So don't think that uh, Mio Shemo is about you. I say, I'm not going to Shemo, but I'm tired. I'm no more doing it again. It's not part of the options, it's not part of the choices. One day I was praying to God. I asked God, I said, can you kill me now? I said, take me. I want to go to heaven. I said, I want to go to heaven. I'm not doing it again. I said, I'm not doing it again. Take me to heaven. Let's... And I was honest, Lord. Not I want to see a vision. I want to go to heaven. And, and, and the Lord, after a while, he booked me and said, hey, who are you? You have no right to determine... Jeremiah said that God took Jeremiah to the house of a potter to teach him a lesson. When he got there, the potter was making, using the clay to make something. After a while, the potter did not like what, what he was making and then he destroyed it and started afresh. <laughs> and he was just trying to explain to him that hey, the, he said the clay will not say to the potter. So you see, you can't say this. If God calls you to do something, you can't say you can't say you don't want to. You don't have you don't have a choice. That choice qualifies you for judgment. It's not in your place to say you are not. You see, I need you to understand because sometimes we are we like human rights. <laughs> Eh? We like what? Human right. We have no rights. Are we together here? No rights. So you had better quickly embrace your calling, embrace whatever he has called you and um, ask him for mercy, ask him for grace. But this idea that you just say, well, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to do. It's not part of the options. I don't want to do is not part of the, they will say, okay, you don't want to do, all right, come, all right, okay, if you don't want to do this, okay, let's pick somebody else to do it. The, the question, who are you? 
what's your, how did you begin? That makes you think you have a right to say, are you together? It's an overestimation of our, of our, of our, of our, of our capacities and abilities that will make us say no to the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling mission, called his own servants and delivered unto them his, his goods. That's his possession. So me, I am another servant and whatever I have, I his goods. So God has more stake over your life than you. So the plan is not about God wanting you to succeed. And that's why there are some of you, no matter how much you try, you will not be a billionaire. Yeah. Because he does, he, he has never, God, your creator, did not put billions around your destiny. He, he likes you the way, the amount of money he gave you, that's what he wants to be. Anytime the money wants to be more than that, it will, it will send the angels to blow it away because... <laughs> are we together here am I preaching here there's a way he likes you I was I don't know if I was talking to myself or talking to someone sometimes I don't know but we were made for his pleasure it means that we'd be like we'd, it'd be like say allow me to use this pedestrian word God made us to catch crews And all of us have a peculiar cruise that we make. There's a way all of us make, make him feel. Does pleasure, what's the meaning of pleasure? Oh, cruise. <laughs> That's the meaning of pleasure. God will just look at it. Ah, see how this one too is. <laughs> so, you are not a, an individual like that that is cut off from from one who is more superior. No. The superior one is watching you. And every day he's molding you to be like the exact image he had when he made you so that he can laugh. Some of you, the way you pray, like, he just likes you the way you pray. We laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. He just starting it. This guy just starting it. He likes David the way David is. Abraham, he likes Abraham the way Abraham is. So, we are his servants. Are we together here? And um, the goods that we have, the, the, the natural, the natural inclinations and the nat how, how we are inclined, a lot of it is divine. They are part of the goods that he gave to us. Are we together here? And then to one he gave five talents. Now, they, they, did, they did not do any debate to qualify for the amount of talents that was given them. The talent shared is based on his pleasure. Before, see Jacob and Esau, they have not done anything. He decided to like one he decided not to like 
the other one. The Bible says both of them have done nothing. Are we together here? And so he gave one five. And then if you think like a human being, you say, ah, okay, let's look at what, why did he give you five? Let there be equality. He says, I'm not following people to do equality. I feel like giving, I say, why? I feel, <laughs> when, I, when I thought of giving this one five, joy rose up inside me. I just feel like giving this one five. I feel like giving this one, how many? Two. And he picked one last one and he gave him one. And he feels excited about all of them like that. You are the one that thinks five is more than two and two is more than one. That's human realm. Are we together here? Then he has expectation, which is what Pastor Laulu is preaching that, but you must be fruitful. Why? Because those five talents he gave them is seed for kingdoms. Because when he came back, he began to give them rulership over kingdoms. So it means that the first plan was kingdom. Eh? The first plan was what? Kingdom. kingdom but, the, but the route is seed. But the end game is what? Is kingdom. Some of the things you are joking with, the reward is not coming in, this, in, as, in the same category of the seed. The reward is coming as kingdom. Are we together here? Because by the time he says, okay, you take charge of five kingdoms, another one, take charge of ten, he began to share kingdoms. And guess what, friends? He did not tell them that this seed he gave them is what they will use to exchange for kingdom. All he expects is what? Is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Huh? His Lord said, well done, thou a faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over what? Many things. Enter now into the joy of thy Lord. And my friends here, he began to deliver to them kingdoms because they were faithful. Faithfulness is a very strong word. It is when you are reading the scripture of how we have to take heed. Uh, to the things that we have heard so that we do not drift and you were looking for sleep. Are we here, friend? That's, that's how to be faithful where you consistently cross-check what the Lord has said to you. When I was listening to you, one of the things that came to my mind is sometimes we need to go and cross-check. We need to go and listen again to the messages that, that caused us to shift. Those preachings that change your life. We need to go and hear it again because after a while you want to return. You need to go back to the message. It means that you must have a catalog of very, 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 very important words that have been said to you. Because we can sleep. That what was received must be received again. And my friends here, what you heard must be what? Must be heard again. I listened to one message. I was, I was in the room recently. And, then, and my wife played one message. Ah! When I heard the man's voice. And some of the 
thoughts that were said. I said, Kai, this message is, it's like God is speaking to me in this message. I said, God is speaking to me. But I don't want to ask her for the, for the topic. Because if I ask her for the topic, she will know what I'm learning. And I don't want her to know what I'm learning. But if you know what I'm learning, she will, if, I'm, if I fall short of it, she will say, I, I thought this is not what this man said. So, how <laughs> many of you understand? These are the. So I just asked for the preacher. So when I asked for the preacher, I now went to the preacher's YouTube that I will track this message down. So I went to YouTube. But all the messages I was hearing, it was not that message. I listened to about eight. It's not this message. And the style, even the style of how he preached in the one my wife played and the YouTube, the way, the way he's preaching in YouTube is different. In YouTube, we just read the scripture. This one, therefore, we ought to give more. And the word therefore is from the Hebrew. It will mention the Hebrew from the Greek. We, it will mention. I said, this is not what this man preaching, that message I had. So I had to humble myself. I said, eh, that message you were listening to. And I have been, I've been, this morning I listened to it again. Yesterday night I listened to it. Before coming here, I listened to, I listened to it. After listening to it, before entering the hall, I told her, I said, this message, we need to listen to it together. And then we need to make a decision that we are going to practice everything. This man said. Now, that is how to take it. It's not to enjoy the preaching. It's to, it's to be faithful with it. So, you need to have a catalog of the things you, the things you heard, that when you heard them that day, you knew God spoke to you. The, you will forget. What did I say? You see, no matter how powerful the experience is, listen, I have forgotten many things. I've seen angels, I've forgotten. Jesus has appeared to me, I've forgotten. Jesus, Jesus, the creator of the heavens and earth has appeared to me, I've forgotten. Jesus has laid hands on me before. If I was shaking as if I would die. But so, some weeks after, I was still asking myself, am I really anointed? This, do I really have it? I've forgotten many things. They've, I've been carried on the wings of angels, I've forgotten. They've told me about many things. I see sometimes, I see we should feel like dying. I say, when will I die, Lord? When will I die? <laughs> so, that you have a spectacular encounter does not mean you cannot forget. A lot of us behave as, we, we, we stray from our encounters. You, you, your encounter happened in uh, Maiduguri. You are already in Semeboda. You understand? So, you have to create a catalog you will forget. This is how to be fruitful. A catalog of the voice of God, the commandments of God, are where you can refresh yourself from that catalog. Are you together with me? You know, if you, if you plant seed of corn in the farm, if you leave it that way, the seed will forget that it's a seed. Before you know the seed relates with weed, you will not know which one is. By the time it comes out, you see the way the corn will come out. The corn will come out. Why? Because many or many weeds would have surrounded it and taken the juice from the soil. And then that, that seed of corn will, will come, that seed that you planted will still come out as seed. 
Because you see the corn, it will just have like three or four. Is this you you planted seed, harvested seed? My friends here. Now, this this is the difference between those who step into harvest and those who don't. It's not on the basis of the will of God. It's on the basis of their faithfulness to the seed that God gave to them. Are we together here? So it says we have to give the more earnest heed. In the 21st century, how we do that is to record. I went somewhere a few last year. Um, prophet Joakaya, we did prophetic publicity. They called me. The Spirit of God said for me to say to you. The Spirit of God said for me to say to you. The Spirit of God said for me to say to you. And gave me a download of prophecy. I laugh in my heart. I just laugh. I say, This is my way without God. But before going for the prophecy, I've already carried my phone to record what the Spirit of God said for me to say to you. I recorded it. First, a year later. By the time the Lord hit me with one matter, I was meditating and praying. I said, God, what's this one? Suddenly, I just remembered that prophecy. And I ran to my phone. I checked the date. I played. Pa! The Spirit of God said for me to say to you. <laughs> Friends, it was exact. It was useless a year ago. But God was preparing me for the future. I'm, friend, I'm telling you, it was exact. I said, what? Because I was given an opportunity to doubt the Lord. I went, I pressed that palm. Sometimes when the, when the compass is confusing me, I go back, I press it. Pa, the Spirit of God said for me to say to you. I said, wow. That's how to take it. That's how to make sure you are not off the map. You see that you see that map. <clears throat> you, the map on your phone can go everywhere, but you are but you are going to one place. If you do anyhow, you find yourself in a strange place. You know, I remember when I first started driving, I found myself in places. <laughs> yeah, I might be going to the island very soon. I just say, "Welcome to our papa." I say, "What the <laughs> way?" I suffered. Sometimes I'll just be doing the Wurushokiranda, but before I know I'm back, I said, I was here 30 minutes ago. Yeah. There are days I've seen myself in Ikurudu. Yes. I, was, I just saw myself. I was going to the island. I just, I, I just saw myself. I was just in Kurudu, a Greek. Ah. There's one particular road like this. If you pass that road, it's Ikurudu you are going to. You've missed it before. If you pass that, if you do, if you, the road you are meant to pass is like an under 100 meters in front of you. If you go that first one, it's Ikurudu. And it's, the challenge of Ikurudu is that no turning back. <laughs> you, you go and turn in my 12, I mean my... <laughs> <laughs> it's my 12 under that bridge. You go to my 12 to go and turn. So you, you have to take heed to that map and be sure very well so that you can be fruitful. 
Finally, let me say this to you. Finally. You see? God will always start with you with, with something little, something small, something insignificant. And if you don't make the best of it, your prayers will not be answered. God will always start with something what? Now, now, friends, the way God operates, eh, he operates based on seasons. In Nigeria, for example, we'll first have, is it January to something, I think it's dry or something. Then after the dry, you have rainy season. Eh? Dry, rainy season. Are you together with me? If you need a lot of rain, in dry season, it will just end as a desire. One season has to finish before another season opens. Yeah, there this clearly, friends. With God, you don't open seasons with prayer. No, no. Let me quickly tell you so that you're not stressed yourself. You don't open a season because you are prayerful. You open a season because you are faithful. And you are fully expired the previous one. Yes. You have to. And the seasons of God do not finish because of time. It finishes because of faithfulness to the instructions that your current season requires. So if you don't finish that season, why? Because the, your, life, your life is God has more stake in it than you. For example, doctors, their role in the society is very serious. Eh? If the university or whatever association passes doctors, if they pass a doctor because a doctor, a student who wants to be a doctor, really begs and say, ah, we are going to a lot in my family. Please. I know, I don't know anything about malaria. I know. I've not really studied about the female Anopheles mosquito. I know. I might not know a lot about headache. I know I don't. In fact, I don't, I don't know much. I don't, I, I've not yet been able to differentiate between typhoid and malaria or cholera. But alone about it, let me graduate. Now, now you see, it, the graduation of that doctor will also lead to the graduation of a lot of human beings from earth to heaven. So, so he's not graduating because he begged. He's graduating because he finished. And so, instead of stressing God about the you see, when you have finished your season, you don't have to stress God. Why? Because he's the one running the program. He's his program. You don't need to stress God. He will open the next one for you. But some of us are so stubborn, eh? 
that what we are meant to do now, we won't do. But we say, God will do it. God say, I won't do it. I will shock you. I won't do it. <laughs> I tell you the truth. If you do what God will have you do in your seasons, you will not stress God to open a new one. God gives you instructions in this season. You leave it alone. You say, God, there's something that must happen in my life. That by this time next year, this must happen. Hey, a thousand, hey, a day is like a thousand years. So a thousand years, I'm with you. I can continue with your great-grandchild. And it will be the same prophecy. God will can give your great-grandchild. Some of you, the prophecies you are manifesting is your father's own. Your father was not faithful. They pass it on to you. They say, if you are not faithful, your seed, because his word must not fall to the ground. Yeah. So we have to learn to be faithful in making the best. I wanted to buy a particular gadget. And I know I shouldn't buy it. Not for myself, for one of the teams in this house. And I know I, should, I, know I shouldn't buy it yet. The, this, the reason was simple. One, one man was encouraging me. He said, let's buy it, let's buy it. I said, like, we're not buying it. Because the one we have, we have, not, we have not maximized it. I know that even if I have money, which I do, to buy this new gadget. It's not, it's not the way of God. It will be destroyed. We have to maximize what you have on ground. Then you would have developed muscle. Eh? For the new season. So you see, God is not a wicked God. Don't stress him with too much. Oh Lord, what will you do? It is not like that. Because as you are praying to him, He's also praying to you. And say, son, when will you have sense? Say, Lord, when will you, when will you have sense? Son, when will you keep quiet? You say, Lord, I want to enter a season of marital bliss. He said, but, but when will you keep quiet? This is a season of quietness. He said, Lord, marital bliss, marital bliss, deliver me from marital war. He said, hey, for the past three years, I've told you to keep quiet. You talk too much. You say, Lord, marital bliss. I say, you talk too much. Marital bliss, marital bliss. God say, you talk too much. Marital bliss, you talk too much. Marital. Oh, Lord, deliver me. God, both of you are praying together. Are my friends here? There is no mystical way to these things. Are we, are we here? There is no mystical way to these things. And so, thank you, Pastor Laulu, for digging deeper on the conversation around uh, fruitfulness and all of that. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We ask that our hearts will respond to your word and we'll be better equipped and better people focused and given to the task that you have committed to our hands. In Jesus' name I prayed. Amen. God bless you. 